Hello, everyone. This is Spencer from Get Cynical and Those Good Old Fashioned Values. And we've got the newly freed Netscape on our uh, doing the shit with us. Uh, just the two of us, actually. And this is going to be a, a little different. Um, for starters, this is going to be mostly unedited uh, because I, I do not have the fucking time to edit more shit. And I think it'll just give us a more free-flowing conversation. But um, Yeah, we're going to let our uh, notes hang. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cole and I are doing something. You know, we're both big Todd in the Shadows heads. We're both big pop music nerds. And uh, I was inspired because Anthony Fantano uh, had a truly, truly devilishly evil idea where he was doing a tier list of the best songs of certain years or the biggest songs on billboard from certain years and uh, i decided you know why don't we me and cole do that why don't the two of us do that and talk shit and just talk about the biggest songs of random years could yeah. be any year from I mean, if we really wanted to really wanted to stretch, we could go back into the 50s. But realistically, this will be like 1960 to the current day. Um, yeah, we're going to we hopefully hopefully you'll 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 come to the, the end of this realizing that uh, Anthony Fantano is a hack and yeah. uh, has has the same opinion of black people as Leonardo DiCaprio and Django Unchained. We are we are coming for the Todd in the Shadows throne too. We're, yeah. we're stealing his fucking throne. We're coming. His time's up. It's too long. We're trying we're to almost get that forty years old. Stream bugs. Yeah, no, we're we're coming for you. You you put one too many bad songs on your best of lists, buddy. And now uh now our time is here. So and you know what? Fuck it. Let's throw shots at Polyphonics too. Fuck that guy. Yeah, Polyphonic, uh, why don't you recap another Wikipedia article, huh? Yeah. Actually, huh? I really hate to say this, but he he has a voice of like someone doing a Gus, like a bad Gus impression. Uh, I can see it. Yeah, I can see it. Um, but yeah, no, there's no, there's no fire on uh, YouTube music, and this isn't going on YouTube, so there still won't be. But we're just going to talk about we're going to go off Billboard's list since I do think Billboard's lists are really fun to talk about and funny because they just, they, when we think of 80s music, what we think of is usually completely different from what they were actually fucking listening to. Yeah, and this and, is the beginning of the decade, so they're really, like, outside of a couple, like, really early new romantics kind of acts, like, the 80s music that you think of doesn't really exist yet. Yeah, no, this was the long, painful death of the 70s. Like, disco yeah. had died, but no one really knew what was going to replace it. So you have this really weird mishmash of songs in the Billboard Top 10 uh, from that year. And we're just going to go through them. We're going to review them. But because that'll only take, like, I imagine 20 minutes, we're going to go through our own personal Top 10s of whatever year we're talking about. And we've got... Two very stacked top tens of the year 1980. So, yeah, let's just begin. So, this is the top ten Billboard hits of 1980. And coming in at number ten is The Rose by Bette Midler. What the fuck is this? This is this is like your theater mom's favorite, favorite <laughs> kind of song. It's this like, is like Seroquel in music form. I remember like when I was first getting into music, I would listen to Pandora Radio. And 
one of the they would really stack the deck against like actually good eighties music by putting like like this like you are the wind beneath my wings tier fucking like music for white women to cry to. Yeah, this they could not put this shit on at Starbucks because it would make too many people fall asleep. Like it it's terrible. Like Yeah. I feel like for most of these songs, I'll have something more coherent to say, but like I listened to this three times getting ready for this and I, I cannot remember how it even goes right now. This is, this is the kind of music you listen to when you're in a dying relationship <laughs> yeah. and, and you're like, you're both pushing 40. You haven't seen each other naked in probably three years. Like you're yeah, both, this is dead bedrooms music. Yeah, You're both like wishing you could cheat, but you, you're too pussy to. Oh no, this it's really really bad. It's like I don't know. I think ballads get a bad rap because of how bad like most popular ballads are and this is this is some of the very worst. This yeah. is just unreal. I'm actually looking at the Wikipedia page for this song. Uh someone actually Conway Twitty did a cover of this. So this is like that's how bad <laughs> this song is where the guy who's best known for being a punchline on Family Guy is is like yo, let me get that cuz. Is how is is it gonna be like even sleepier somehow, or is it gonna be like actually like livelier? Like, is Conway Twitty gonna outdo Bette Midler? Or fuck, man, I don't know. This is so. Yeah, it's, it's the lyrics are gonna be even more ambient core, but there might be like a guitar strumming somewhere in the background. Sort of yeah, no. Up. Oh my god, dude, this is. This isn't music to, like, drink yourself to death to. This is, like, music to, like, take Xanax and then just, like, stare at the wall. Like, yeah. it, it's, it's, there's nothing interesting going on here. It's not even, like, offensive enough to get, like, properly mad at. It's just, like, what? Yeah. This was the 10th biggest song in the world in 1980? God. Uh, White yeah, it crazy, sucks. Man. <laughs> I only know Bette Midler because of The Simpsons. And uh, this is, uh, this was not a good first impression. I, I gather that most of her other music is not good either. But it's this not, was, uh... no. It's, it's, it's more of the same, like, ballads, like, uh, you know, I mean, she's, like, a, kind of, like, funny when she's on TV, but she's, like, daytime TV funny, you know. She looks like a Fox News host now. Like looking at her, looking at her Spotify page, she she looks like her name should be like yeah, Megan Regina with five Y's. I'm looking at her Wikipedia photo, and honestly, three beers. Hear me out. Hear three me beers. out. Three beers. I, get, I I see it. I see it. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, Rose, Rose by Bette Midler. Uh, thumbs down. Yeah. Solid thumbs down from both of us. I think we're, we're both. We got the yellow flannel on, or whatever. I've never actually seen a fan yeah. video. Red flannel. Red yeah. flannel. Yeah. We got a black flannel. Um, number... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be so cool if after his wife broke up, he started making all the... He just started wearing a white flannel when the music's good and then a black flannel. <laughs> <on his> <laughs> he's got... He's, no, he's got like a red dashiki and a yellow dashiki. Yeah, yeah no, he's, he wears a... When the music's bad, he wears a do-rag and like a black wife beater. And then when the music's good, he wears like a three-piece like Seville Row tailored D-workwear ass suit. <laughs> <laughs> when the music's really bad he starts editing in like background noise of like pit bulls barking <laughs> he's got cornrows on when the yeah. music's bad <laughs> he's got gold teeth <laughs> <laughs> he's spitting everywhere yeah 
<laughs> yeah, it was a 40 next to him when the music's <laughs> And then when the music's good, you just hear, like, the sounds of, like, Wall Street. Yeah, he's, he's got the CEO at myself fit yeah. on for that. Um, so, the the Rose by Bette Midler, uh, that is number 10, two thumbs down. Uh, two thumbs number down. nine. Yeah. So, uh, look, I'm, I'm, like, a very, very, very mild Billy Joel apologist. Um, I... I like there are a couple of songs of his that I'll listen to and I'm like yeah that's a good song like um uh Summer Highland Falls I think that's a good song uh I remember I think uh what was it called like Broadway or something Miami 2017 I don't know whatever you fucking call it I remember that song being all right but this is a huge but and you know what I'll, I'll even call that song uh, only the good die young like a very mild guilty pleasure but uh, this song, number nine, it's still rock and roll to me, is, uh, it's bad. Yeah, it's one of the, I, I have a, a much more favorable op- opinion of Billy Joel. Uh, I fuck with this white boy, but uh, this is not, this is like a lower of his like pop hit singles, you know. It's better than Piano Man, I will say. It is. Piano Man, yeah. I, I think is a really bad song. Um, but this is very generic, like, it's like Diet Bob Seeger. It's very generic, just boomer rock, talking about the good old days, and, yeah. you know. and there's, it doesn't even and, have, like, he has a couple other boomer rock singles, but they usually have a lot of interesting production, because he's like a, like a, kind of like a faggy stage guy. Uh, yeah. He'll work through some piano in there, you know, get a, some backup singers. This, though, this fucking sucks dude this is some shit you hear on like when you're reading an archie comic <laughs> yeah no like uh if you look at his other songs like uh moving out that's got some like cool horn arrangements or um uh what is it my life has that really kind of cool driving piano part yep um and then this is just I don't know. This is Harley Davidson music. This is like the yeah. most covered song in history. This is this is the song you listen to after the you you both realize that you should start cheating on each other. You, you're not listening to the Bette Midler anymore. You bought the yeah. sports car. This is a this is what music you hear covered at a bar when yeah. you're thinking about hooking up uh, hooking up with a woman with a dolphin tail. <laughs> like it's. This is no. It's, this re- is music it's, you it's pretty bad. To when you become a rockabilly at age fifty, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is this is music when you decide like, okay, the coolest guy in history is Meatloaf. That's going to be my new new thing now. <laughs> but you do not have the riz to pull that off. So yeah, no. Uh, still rock and roll to me. Uh, bad song. I, I would love to get a chance to like mildly defend Billy Joel at some point since he's one of those figures that's just like a universal punchline at this point, I think. Yeah, especially if, if it was like pressure people. or like my my life or fucking even like even even fucking we didn't start the fire. Like I'll I'll defend that. That's that's a good like, you know, it's up there with like Bon Jovi and like the yeah, it's objectively a bad song, but you can't help but feel good when it comes on. Do, 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 do. Yeah, it's very catchy, but no, this is, uh, it's pretty bad. So yeah, thumbs down from me. Also thumbs down. Okay. Um, then at number eight, uh, <laughs> we've got, uh, 
Funky Town by Lips Inc. Um, so <laughs> Funky Town by get the, the Sinaloa Cartel. <laughs> yeah, get get the uh, get the obvious jokes all, out of the way. You know this. Uh, I will say, if I was getting my uh, hands cut off and fucking sickles hitting my face, uh, this is not the song I want to hear. Well, that's happening. Yeah, it's not that good, but I think it's pretty fun. Fo- it's pretty solid. It's, it's a good. It's, like it's a, fun, it's a what, good one hit wonder. The the it, the guy who made it's like a Jewish guy, right? Yeah, no, yeah. It, which is so funny. He's he's like like a hairy little imp man. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> there's a actually. You, I mean, I know we just shit on Todd in the Shadows, but the the Todd in the Shadows video on this is pretty good, if I do say so. No, it is really good, and it's very informative. And uh, I don't know, this song is like from a production and songwriting level. It's kind of immaculate. Uh, it's just like everything's there. Everything's where it needs to be. You know, it's got 85 different hooks, all these different instruments just going in and out of the arrangement. This um, is this is from yeah. the age of synth pop where like white dudes that lived in fucking the Midwest were hearing like Ryuichi Sakamoto for the first time and they were just losing their fucking minds. And yeah, guys like, who like I have to look- I have to do like three key chords on the fucking <laughs> shittiest synthesizer and yeah, this- make a pretty good song out of it. I can't lie. Guys who looked like the five foot four version of Warwick Davis were just exactly. like, all right, this is going to be my life now. <laughs> uh, on the, I don't know. This song, on the other hand, like it feels very disposable. Like there's no personality behind it whatsoever. Yeah. It's just like a perfectly shrink wrapped. Like it's the platonic ideal of a pop song in many ways. And I, I don't ever actively want to listen to it, but um you know, I think that from a craft perspective, like you got to like it. Oh, absolutely. It's really it's one of those songs where if it comes on, you're not going to turn it off and you're never really going to seek it out. And you're never going to seek out any of their other music. Cause I don't even think they, they made like one other song and then broke up. Uh, yeah. And that's really all you need from pop music is just that one single. Yeah. But um, yeah, Funky Town, um, you know, it's it's. Wouldn't it's be the song torture. I would be hearing. Yeah. It's not torture. Yeah, I will give a. I'll give Funky Town a thumbs up. I'll give it a thumbs up. I will up. give Why it a not? bloody thumbs up. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give it a missing hands up. Yeah, missing hands <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. So, number seven. So, in case you didn't hear this, uh, in 1970, the Beatles broke up, and uh, all of them went on to have solo careers, and every single member of the Beatles had a number one hit individually. Um, and Paul McCartney, uh, I'm not sure if he had more than one, but at least one of his was coming up from McCartney two, which is his very poorly received, uh, kind of cult album that was just like him fucking around with synthesizers. Basically. I love McCartney and, too, man. I, I really, I, I'm jumping the gun here, but I'm not a crazy Beatles person, but McCartney too was like the first piece of like Beatles adjacent shit that really clicked for me where I'm like, Oh yeah, these guys are goofy with it. Yeah, no, it's, uh, hmm. I can see that, um, coming up, I listened to it three times and I was like, the first time I was like, this is pretty cool. And the second time I was like, Oh, I hate this. And then the third time I was like, all right, this is, uh, I don't know. So I really have no idea what I think about it. It's, it feels like a Mario Kart racing music is yeah. my first impression. And, uh, and the sped up vocals, like 
what's the deal there? He does this shit on the whole, or on like most of the early like songs on this album. Like fucking, I mean, temporary secretary, of course, which is like a meme song, and I mean, even kind of on the the fucking Christmas song, um, is kind of like that too. This is such a weird album because it's objectively bad, but like I can't help but appreciate it. Where it's like, you go, Paul, you know. So I'm pretty Why, thoroughly on the boy. fence. Yeah, I'm pretty thoroughly on the fence for this one because on the other hand, like, it sounds like one of the bad McCartney songs from the Beatles era, but it's got a lot more energy and all of the weirdness going on kind of makes it feel less cloying. Um, I don't know. I think I got to give this one a thumbs up just because, like, this was a number one hit song. This is, like, the weirdest fucking thing I've ever heard, and it was a number one hit song. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, thumbs thumbs up, but, like, slightly tilted you know yeah no it's it's not like a banger or anything and i think if i had to hear the song on the radio like every single day like people in 1980 did i would probably hate it yeah i would probably but, kill john lennon yeah i would i would be like damn this motherfucker all these white people look the same i wouldn't i wouldn't kill john lennon but i'd probably just like break into george harrison's house um but yeah no I don't the, know, george, george harrison made the one like pre-Lennon uh, dying solo album that I actually like. No, All George Harrison's through. my favorite Beatle. Uh, someone actually did break into his house once. Oh, fuck, you're right. God damn, I, I should know all this because, like, the only Beatles trivia I know is all the, like, John Beat Wife stuff. But, yeah. fuck, dude, how I th- did I not know I think, I think George Harrison is the only one that doesn't have, like, domestic abuse allegations against him. I think, from what... My partner Emily is a huge Beatles head. I think they told me that they did it like, or maybe it was Ringo actually that like hit their wife like once and then felt so bad about it that they were like just spent like the rest of the decade apologize. There's one that like tried it because like all the other Beatles were doing it and then was like this shit fucking sucks, man. I think I know. Uh, I think that was Lennon actually. I think Lennon only hit his wife once and then was like, ah, uh, what. I didn't have to do that. Didn't have to hit my wife. Uh, which is pretty fucking crazy. But I know Ringo beat his wife, and I think McCartney has like allegations against him. So that wouldn't that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, God, the wife beater Paul McCartney is such a fucking unsettling image. Like, here's this guy who just writes songs about like skipping down the street or whatever, or like a cool fruit he found, and he's just a fucking monster. Yeah, it's cr- it's crazy that the Beatles beat more women than like '90s hip hop, or like the, than the Rolling Stones did. Yeah, or no, no, I think I think Brian Johnson beat more women than all of all of the fucking <laughs> other Beatles. He was going through. He was fucking. He was uh, Bri- Brian Johnson. It's so funny. I read Keith Richards' autobiography, and he talks about like, yeah, I just cucked him. Like he was beating the shit out of his wife, so I seduced his wife and had sex with her, and then I he really, fucking killed himself. I really didn't know that '70s like. British rock stars banged like that. I didn't even... I found out recently through hate-watching Polyphonics videos that Layla was like Eric Clapton trying to cuck uh, George Harrison's bitch. If someone cucked me and wrote fucking Layla, I would kill them. I, I would, would just, like, dude. I would shove their son out of the goddamn street. window. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> I would make him racist to a whole new group of people. Yeah. Like... They're, they're, if you're going to fucking cuck me, you better write an all-time classic out of that, not a fucking blues rock song. 
With, that okay. everyone just remembers for the guitar. Just for just for the piano outro. Okay. Uh, coming up by Paul McCartney. Very mild thumbs up. Um, crazy Little Thing Called Love by Queen is number six. And... Uh, Look, I'm I I don't mind Queen. I had a huge Queen phase in high school. Then I kind of looped around to be contrarian since I'm an ELO fan now, and like I, I have to invent rivalries in my head, to feel something. Um, but uh, this one didn't do anything for me, honestly. I agree, actually. I, uh, in fact, the Queen song that I so Queen put out two albums this year. They put out uh, the game and the soundtrack for the Flash Gordon film. The game is, like, the worst uh, fucking Queen album. I'm, like, a mainstream, popular Queen album. It sucks ass. Everyone only remembers it because of everything, because uh, of Bites the Dust or whatever. Uh, it's, it's, it's ass. I'm sorry. Crazy Little Thing Called Love is, like, music that you hear on a commercial. Yeah, no, it's, it's like end credits to a rom-com music. I don't know. It's like, yeah, thumbs down to the Queen songs I like are the ones where they like really have fun with the arrangements and they're having, they're stacking, they're like stacking like horn lines and shit. Like, I think my favorite Queen song is uh, Somebody to Love, where they have like, like (laughs) eight levels of tracked vocals and they have all these different peaks and valleys on the songs. And uh, this one, I don't know, this one feels like a sellout song almost. Exactly. If it's not structured like a fucking opera, I don't want it. Get this shit yeah. out of here. You're like, this is this is like like Freddie Mercury when he was in straight mode, you know, because he was bisexual. So yeah, he'd be like he would make like a song for the when he was in straight mode, and it would suck ass, and it'd be some shit like this, and then he would make a song about like fucking a car or some shit. Actually, I think that was <laughs> the other one. I think that was Brian May. Okay, crazy little thing called love. Uh, thumbs down. Yeah, crazy it's not it's not offensive, but it's yeah, it's it's. It's mid. All right, number five. Uh, do that to me one more time by the Captain and Tennille. <laughs> Fuck. So this is this is really like the wow. We don't know what we don't know what the decade is going to be yet because we still had Captain and Tennille show this up. This is there is just like this is what white mom people got think her pussy. Happens. Your mom, your mom got her pussy eaten to this. Song. Yeah. <laughs> This is this is your what mom, white people with no she had that, like every, she had the single hairiest bush you've ever seen, just just like a fucking forest down there, and she was getting that shit eaten out to this yeah. song. Hair hair that like is on like a geometric like like slope, you know, it's just perfectly <laughs> fucking curled, but in like one direction. golden golden ratio hair, yeah. And then, yeah, um, and then, just the wildest bush you've ever seen. No bra. The type of the type of tits that they didn't have. Uh, that they they only used to have in like caveman times. Yeah. Like <laughs> the like weirdest farmer's tan, where like her body is orange and her tits yeah. are red. Yeah. Yeah, no, and then and, and then and then no, and then just completely white uh, on like the bikini line because they 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 didn't invent like tanning booths yet. Yeah, no, this is, um, this is shit, like, I don't know, I, I feel like this is music for people who thought, like, the Carpenters were too scary. Yeah. Like, there's, 
I mean, on the one hand, like, there's part of me that wants to stand up for this a little bit since this, like, unlike the Bette Midler song, there's, like, an actual arrangement here. And there's, like, you know, musical idea. Like, they, they still had the good cocaine at the time. So, like, the production does kind of go off for this song a little bit. But, oh, my God. Dude. <laughs> Captain like, The studio musicians had a great time. But then these two bland fucking white people show up. And create yeah. the musical equivalent of Ambien. Two of the most miserable swingers you've ever seen. Just fucking <laughs> showing. Oh, God. They would totally be swingers. Yeah, no. They, they had fishbowl parties, like, in the ice storm, definitely. Except, like, um, the wife was, like... Like, the it, the way it would work, I imagine, is that, like... Tennille, you know, she's the one, like, getting, like, fucking triple penetrated or whatever. And then the yeah. captain's just getting, like, a finger in his ass from his co-worker or something. He's, they, they have the kind of home decor that you only see in, like, like white dudes that smoke weed that have a felony from, like, 1978. <laughs> where yeah. they, they think that, like, the coolest thing is having, like, a ship's fucking steering wheel on the fuck in in your house somewhere as like a like a like wall art you know <laughs> actually you know what this is it's that picture of the three guys getting blown during the fucking <laughs> during like watching that football game on the shittiest yeah, yeah 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 no the, the this is like this is like swinger sex you would have in a cruelty squad level like it's <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's so it's it's not the worst song on this list i don't think i it's think i like so it more. white yeah yeah, it's it's better than the Bette Midler and the Billy Joel songs. Like it's a uh, it's inoffensive, but like oh my god, dude, it's also Tony Tennille. I wouldn't even need a beer. I would I would be dying. <laughs> I, I I hear me out here. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, the people who wrote this should be in prison. Um, she looks like she sucks okay. a mean dick. <laughs> She does have that like nineteen or late seventies, early eighties blonde girl look they don't have anymore. They Where, really like, they, they gotta they bring back like, they gotta bring back those kind of bitches. Like it's like so tanned that it looks like their skin's gonna start peeling off. The only way you get that kind of bitch is if you're like is if you're literally like the the nineteen seventies version of like a LARPer where you just <laughs> you wear like period clothes and like are kind of afraid of black people, but you listen to James Brown, but you're like a 19-year-old white girl from Colorado for some reason. It just really, <laughs> really, really fucking likes ABBA. Yeah. Okay. So, thumbs down for Captain and Tennille. Thumbs down, but like a, a thumb in the pussy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> thumb and two fingers down. <laughs> thumb and two fingers down. <laughs> I also want to say that I got so mad at this when I realized that shitty Adam Levine song stole the melody from this, too. Which one? Uh, if I got locked away. Oh, my God. You? You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's egregious. Okay. Number four. Uh, Rock With You by Michael Jackson. Um, Off the Wall is one of the worst album covers of all time. It's, so, it's such a bad album cover. And then you listen <laughs> to it. You listen to it and you become one of those black aunties on Twitter that's like, they lied on him. <laughs> they, they lied on him. You, fucking, you hear that production and you just, you, just, you just turn into like a 55-year-old woman named like Tanisha. That's like, that's like, Day of exoneration. Exa- complete, completely told the FBI investigator. 
<laughs> Malakoli Culkin is a liar. This song <laughs> is so fucking good, man. Um, so this is my favorite Michael Jackson song, straight up. Like, it's my favorite yeah. Michael Jackson song. It's oh no, it, I'm gonna take a step further. It's his best song. It's so fucking good. The production is perfect. They have all of those freak session guys from the 1980s, like that just all of them were the best musicians in the world, but because they weren't nerdy enough to get into jazz fusion, they just played with like Madonna or whatever. It's so funny uh, that Michael Jackson didn't know how to read music and he was just like, make it go crazy. And then they would like know <laughs> what he means. <laughs> you gotta play it with feeling, man. You gotta play it with some feeling. And then he would, and then he would just go like have have a boy on his arm, like he was a Roman emperor. <laughs> and he has like four four session guys, all named Sugar Cane. Yeah, and they're <laughs> and they're the completely a hundred percent like Western European white dudes. Yeah, their their names like Janice Polsowski, and then like their their nickname, yeah, or, their nickname be one... is the Soul Brother. There's there would be one black guy and he would have like the least sleeves out of any yeah. human being ever. He would have he would, the most he would look like shirt. he would look like a guy from like the Jungle Kingdom in a fantasy movie, where he just <laughs> yeah, has no, the he would... thickest body hair you've ever seen. <laughs> he would look like a member of the Dothraki. Like yeah. it would... <laughs> he would he would look like Indiana Jones when he's been like in the jungle for nine weeks, where his, <laughs> his shirt his shirt is just fucking coming off of him. He's got like the thickest yeah. body, just glistening with sweat, and he plays the best yeah. bass guitar you've ever fucking heard. Yeah, no, every single muse, every single instrument in the song is perfect. Like the bass just has the perfect frills. Um, the synths are really tasteful. The melody is great. The hook is so catchy. The little back and forth with the all night—that's so good. My favorite little moment in the song is when, um, right before the chorus, when everything drops out but the drums. That's like, god damn, dude. This is a perfect song. I might go listen. Song. Fuck, it's I'm so going to go listen to some Michael Jackson after this. I'm going to go. I'm not go even, like, the thing is, is like, I'm not like an MJ, like, dead ender or anything, but, like, this is just, like, this is, like, one of the best songs ever made. It's yeah. so good. Thumbs way up. Thumbs, thumbs all the way. <laughs> Thumbs all the way He up. innocent. He innocent. He innocent. They lied, he innocent. They lied on him. <laughs> they lied on him. <laughs> um, number three. Uh, number three is Magic by Olivia Newton-John from the Xanadu soundtrack, which was a fucking collaboration between uh, Olivia Newton-John, Gene Kelly, and Electric Light Orchestra for some fucking reason. I want to um, like this movie. It's just like I've, I haven't and I haven't seen it in a while, so maybe it's better than I remember. But it's just like two percent, like not cocaine enough. Yeah, I haven't seen the movie, and I hadn't even heard any of the songs, despite being the biggest fucking ELO fan in the world. And uh, so I only know Olivia Newton-John through that song "Physical," you know, like that classic of the nineteen eighties. No, I've never seen Grease. Damn, nigga. Yeah, but you really this are song. This song kicks ass, I think, honestly. I, liked it. I think this song yeah. I think this song fucking rocks. I listened to it and I was like, okay, okay, this is solid. And by the third listen, I'm like, this is great. I love this. This is so good. That weird fucking they've got like this seven flat five chord all throughout it that sounds so weird and just distorted and jangly. And I don't know. This was back when you were allowed to put jazz chords on the radio. And it's, I don't know, it sounds so good. The chorus it's, it's, really builds. It's so much better than you expect, but 
for like a movie tie-in song. It should. It really shouldn't be this good, considering the movie's about like. I'm pretty sure it's about like roller skating so hard that you like bring the Greek gods back to life or some shit. Yeah, no, I imagine the movie is terrible, but this is a really good song. Um, it's just, it's got, it's kind of like a, it's like the exact halfway point between ABBA and King Crimson, and that's why I fuck with it, I think. Yeah, two thumbs up. Yeah, two thumbs up. Great song. You are, um, you are, white girl. Yeah. Didn't she, like, just die? Yeah, she just died last year. Oh, man, that sucks. Um, but anyways, number two. Okay, so this is a good sign that, like, absolutely nothing was fucking going on this year. Like, there's just no <laughs> music. Any, there's no trends. Just anything could get big. And uh, Another Brick in the Wall Part 2 uh, by Pink Floyd is the second biggest song. And that's not even a disrespect Pink Floyd or anything. It's just, like, this is, like, a two-minute song from a concept album and half of it is sung by school children. Yeah. And it was the second biggest song of the year. I'm gonna I'm gonna say, even though I'm like the resident Pink Floyd head of this I, I think at least. Are you a Pink Floyd fan? I like Pink Floyd, yeah. Yeah. I don't like the wall. I know it's I like a Doug Walker tier opinion, but it's like I haven't I'm not crazy about it. I haven't heard The Wall since high school, so I can't really weigh in. I will say about Another Brick in the Wall Part 2 is that it's not even the same song if you don't have Happiest Days of Our Lives before it. That's Like, true. that little build-up and that, like, just great fucking drum fills everywhere. Like, when they have that part first, this song becomes insanely hype. But without that, again, like, it feels like I'm just reviewing a scene from a movie talking about this. Yeah, like, it's... This isn't, this, it's not really a song. It's it's their most coherent cohesive uh, concept album, so it's not it does it just doesn't work to talk about on its own, you know. And even though the song does still get a lot of radio play, I mean, I, I've heard this shit fucking everywhere. It feels like I I don't really see it working without the full. This is this is something that you have to listen to all the way through to judge. Yeah, and I'm gonna There's... say. On there's better merits, songs. It doesn't stand. Yeah, I mean, like, there's better songs on the album, too, for, um, for, like, if they wanted to pull a single, I mean, obviously, there's fucking, you know, uh, Comfortably Numb. That's a good exactly. song. In the Flesh, the opening song, that's really good. Um, uh, Hey You, that's a good one. Is there anybody out there? Like, there are better songs on this album, and maybe it's just overplay, but... Again, like on its own, especially without the intro, it just doesn't work for me. So, sorry everyone, I'm going to give this a thumbs down. It's like if they put like fucking like the like uh the the reprise of Shine On You Crazy Diamond as like the single for this movie. It's like, yeah, no, fuck? it would be like if they played like Breathe from or not Breathe, like the intro to Breathe uh to fucking like on the pop charts. It wouldn't it wouldn't make any sense. In the context of the album, it works a lot better. But, yeah, no, I, on its own, I gotta say, uh, nah, no thanks. Pass. All right. So, number one, the biggest song of the year is a really good pick. It's Call Me by Blondie. 
Um, this is so Blondie- weird that this is the biggest song this year, or at least like according to Billboard. Yeah, I mean, I can see it since the song's insanely fucking catchy. Um, yeah, and Blondie were like getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Like they started. It's funny that they started out as a punk band and then they just kept like getting more acclaim, more attention, and then they just peaked with this, their biggest song. Um, Call Me is great, I think. I really like Blondie, and Call Me is a great song. I was really surprised to see this at number one, actually, when I first looked this up. Uh, yeah, it's fucking great. It's 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 like a little bit of bum- bubblegum pop. It's a little bit of... It's got, like, some pop, power pop guitars. A little with bit of that, power like, pop, a little bit of, like, almost, like, new wave, proto-new wave kind of stuff. It's just great. It's got some, like, proggy synth stuff in the middle. Like, it's very, I don't know, it's a very, like, eclectic mix of styles of popular music at the time. But it's catchy as hell. The chorus goes crazy. And, man, that riff. Like, I'm not a huge, like, guitar riffs guy. That's such a funny sentence. I'm not I'm not a huge guitar riffs guy. No, I get what but, you mean. The, you know, people who, like, fucking... Yeah, like, yeah fucking no, Jim, I'm not, I'm not like, a metalhead. Yeah, no. But that riff is so good. Um, it's, it's so killer. This is like the most eighties song that on the list outside of like, kind of rock with you a little bit, but rock with you came out in 79 is the funny part. That's true. I think the most eighties, most eighties sounding one for me is the Paul McCartney song, just because it sounds like an alien made it. Yeah, actually that it's, it's very eighties, especially like, British 80s stuff, as we'll see later in the decade, like, really gets into the more, like, fucking abrasive synth kind of shit that you hear out of, like, Japan. And then, like, in the back half, they just, like, once, once fucking, uh, once the Human League comes out, it's just, like, only, only that kind of music. That is the only kind of music we can make now. Yep, exactly. So, um, now we're going to segue to obviously two thumbs up for Call Me. It's so good. Fuck it, dog. I wouldn't even, I would, I would Blondie, what'd it do? Yeah. <laughs> the blonde, uh, what's, what's the, Hell, Debbie Yeah, Debbie Harry. She, that, we don't even need to make a joke there. She's just objectively really hot she, yeah don't no need to, I'm, I'm, don't I'm need look, to be like oh, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at her Wikipedia page and like getting shot. if you want to hear the rest of the episode where cole and i talk about our favorite songs of 1980 please subscribe to those good old-fashioned values patreon or marvel is the death of cinema patreon hope you all have a good day